All right. So you guys are like pretty familiar with the the podcast, I guess, from from listening to older episodes. Um, so like the main thing I always ask people when we first start, by the way, you guys could be like a little bit closer to the, to the microphones if you they're yeah. they're like not super sensitive. They're like purposefully dull. Gotcha. Um, but uh, so I always ask people when I first start um, the podcast is like. Uh, this podcast is called Songwriter Therapy. So, like, why why are you guys on this? Like, if you can introduce yourself and tell tell like people why you would be on a podcast called that. Um, yeah. So we play music, and yeah, I do feel like songwriting's therapy. Mm -hmm. You know. So when you asked, I was like, that sounds kind of cool. And I listened to some of the episodes, and I was like, actually, this is I like the concept. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like the the whole basis of like um, coming up with this when I was like dreaming about starting a podcast like this was um, was definitely like I find I find songwriting like very therapeutic and it's like it's definitely like a way to process emotions. And and I think like uh, especially, um, you know, when you're like, uh, I, I don't know how old you guys are, but like you know, younger band, not, not like a band that's been around for like 20 years and stuff. You've got like a lot of like things that you're still like working through as you're like, uh, like going through it and, and stuff. And I've always enjoyed that aspect of, of songwriting. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So if you guys can maybe introduce yourself, like band name and, and each of you individually. Yeah. So we're Amazon crimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm Noah and I'm Daniel. I'm che I'm checking the, uh, <laughs> the volumes on here i feel like i didn't get daniel on here so let me see here you're on input three can can you check your mic there check check oh that's much better all Thanks. right technical difficulties i like i'm like a no edit podcaster too like oh, so yeah. everything that's going in is going in so amazon crimes uh noah and daniel um so are you guys um have you guys had any other members in the band? I feel like I've seen like a different version of the band as well. Yeah, we used to have another member named May in our mm -hmm. old band Saga. Oh, okay, and it was a different band. Yeah, kind of a nice. different band. But we play like the same songs. Yeah, so. no, I, sometimes it's it's like an evolution. And you, if you guys are the principal songwriters, why like those are your songs? Why not? Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Cool. So, how long have you guys been playing together? It's been quite a while. Um, yeah, because we met in high school. Mm -hmm. So I got to do the math. <laughs> I mean, I started playing drums to play with him. Oh, nice. So I've been playing for about seven years now. So yeah, about seven years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So um, you guys originally from Stockton? No, uh, I'm from uh, Valley Springs. It's like mm -hmm. in Calaveras County. Yeah. So I went to school up there and stuff. And then I moved to Stockton. I was like 15. Mm -hmm. but yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm from Sacramento. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and then I moved up there when I was fourteen, mm -hmm. and then we met in high school, and then like what? Which high school did you guys meet in? Uh, Calaveras High School. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I uh, um, my family lived in Valley Springs for like a little bit, but we moved up here when I was in or back here when I was in like second grade. Like my parents, I was born here, and my parents are from here, and we moved back. Nice. Yeah, I like but, it a lot more. Yeah, I know. Here. I know Valley Springs. Yeah, for sure. Um. Awesome. Uh, and so, like, tell me a little bit about, like, your songwriting dynamic, because, 
you know, as a duo, I feel like that's so much different than a lot of like traditional bands or like singer songwriters, right? Like you guys must have like an interesting relationship. Yeah. So it's kind of weird because, uh, so some of our songs are like old songs from high school and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just find it in a notebook. Either we'll take like old songs, like I'll find a notebook with the lyrics and I'll be like, okay, I can make something with this. And then I'll just kind of write it out and he'll add drums to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll kind of like flesh it out that way. Or other times, like a couple of recent ones, we've just been jamming and then mm-hmm. we like get into a nice groove and we're like, okay, we got to write this down to record it real quick. Nice. Yeah. So you kind of have, uh, I mean, I think every, a lot of songwriters have different approaches. There's no like one way to like mm-hmm. fry an egg, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, one of the things that I, um, I really liked about the album that you guys have on, um, online that I was listening to is like every song is, it, it's still you guys, but every song is like very unique to itself. Mm. Um, I was wondering if you can tell me like a little bit about like how, how, how you how you get there you know like there's like electronic songs and then there's like punk songs like (laughs) like tell me about that it's so um dynamic so i've always just written like all sorts of music i listen Mm -hmm. to like everything yeah um so i had a big phase where i was writing electronic songs just like in my closet Mm -hmm. um and then we kind of had a couple songs together a couple older ones and it was during the pandemic so we were like i just went to his house and we Mm -hmm. wrote a bunch of stuff and i was like okay we have enough for an album if we just put little pieces together of everything. Nice. Yeah. And and I was learning about like, I was taking a lot of music courses and I was taking like American popular music. Mm -hmm. And so I got to like the country section and wrote kind of like a country-ish song. Yeah. I heard that actually (laughs) too. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd like hit the different sections and be like, oh, I kind of want to play like this right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, not to like jump all over the place, but I, I also just wanted to say like, you guys are the first band that i've recorded as a band like i mean as far as the podcast goes yeah like, we noticed yeah I, I was like i was thinking back to it and i was like i've never I, I like i was like oh i need to figure out like what to do because i've never done like multiple multiple people and uh it, it's always just like a one-on-one like therapy session mm-hmm. uh and uh and i was like i don't know what my microphone setup is like or anything so i don't know just kind of cool uh i'm i'm in I'm happy that you guys are are here as a as a duo to kind of get like all perspectives on it. So, like Noah, you're the primary lyricist and and like songwriter. It sounds like yeah, for the most part, yeah. Yeah. So Daniel, like, what is what's it like for you to like have him come come to songs with you or like putting your input on songs? Like, what's it like being the um, the collaborator? So it's really interesting because a lot of times he'll come to me with ideas mm-hmm. and um, I feel like I'll have a different perspective than he wanted. And so yeah. I like to lay out multiple options in terms of transitions or fills that I want to add in. And I'm like, hey, which one sounds better or should I scrap both of these? And we kind of like go through each individual part together. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I just have the part immediately. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, like I think with uh, tonight specifically, like he had it set up so it was playing on a loop and I just wrote it while he was like gone and I I wrote it within like an hour or two nice um and then songs like Dinah Blade I rewrote like like five times at least yeah that's awesome um like uh one of the things I always say on this podcast and just like when I'm talking to people about music in general is like there's definitely a lot of people who are very um very talented songwriters and like can just write every single part themselves but for some reason there's this magic in collaboration that like 
someone can come back to you with something that you never expected from a song, you know, like, um, there, there's, you know, artists like Prince that could play every, every instrument on, on their albums, but there's also like other albums that he did where he had like other guitarists and stuff play things and they were awesome. You know what I mean? Um, so I always enjoy that, like that idea of like collaboration and the perspective that other people bring to it. Plus it seems like you guys are very open to like iteration too. Like it sounds like you had like five different ideas until you finally decide which one you want to record. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I feel like iteration is very important in, or I, I should say having an open mind is very important as a songwriter to like accept that, that feedback from, from bandmates. Is there like ever times between the two of you guys where, uh, where like, um, you know, maybe you have an idea and he like kind of completely changes your perspective on it? Oh yeah. Like all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have like a set thing in mind for a song and then whatever he plays will kind of push it in a different direction. We'll mm -hmm. end up writing like an extra verse or bridge yeah. that I didn't expect. Mm -hmm. And it usually turns out like way better. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, I love that. And so like, Daniel, are you like only a drummer or do you play any other instruments as well? Um, so I say that I'm only a drummer. <laughs> I'm a, I'm starting to take a piano courses at Delta right now. Nice. Uh, but I wouldn't say I play enough to consider myself a piano player. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's just what came naturally and feels mm -hmm. right. Um, we actually met because I played clarinet in band with him in high school. Oh, cool. And I, I ditched clarinet as soon as I started playing percussion. Nice. Do you still play clarinet? Like, I'll bust it out like once a year. Like on uh, the song Tomorrow on the mm -hmm. album, we pulled it out. <laughs> Dude, if I need someone to track clarinet, because it's actually like clarinet's one of my favorite instruments. I'll do my I best. But I can't play it. <laughs> I'll do my best. Yeah. I got this little, this thing, uh, it's like a learning clarinet. It's called a dute. Have you ever heard of a dute? It's, no. It's like a, clar it's like a clarinet mixed with a recorder in oh. a way, but it has a reed mm -hmm. and I just couldn't. I couldn't figure it out. Couldn't get the, the embouchure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can make it make noises, but like I can't keep it very steady. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Took a while. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Awesome. Um, and so like also one of the things that I, I saw recently is you guys have a GoFundMe for, for your recording pro uh, like process for your next album. Yeah. Um, you guys recorded the first album yourself as yeah. well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just in our living room. Nice. What's the like recording process like for you guys? So we're about to change it up for the next one. That's why we mm -hmm. need the, the new mics. But yeah. originally I would like write out the bass or guitar part mm -hmm. uh, and I'd record it just through a DI, mm -hmm. like into my focus right and stuff. And then uh, he had an electronic drum kit. It's yeah. like the it's a Yamaha. Yeah, uh, Yamaha DT Extreme 3. And then we ran that through uh, GGD. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. I yeah. don't know what GGD is. Oh, it's uh, it's Get Good Drums. So it's like, because all the samples on the mm -hmm. on the Yamaha were like super dated and yeah. they didn't sound good. Mm -hmm. um, so basically it's just a sample pack that we assigned to each uh, drummer. Did, did you just like record the MIDI and then use that GGD to get the like the good sounds? Or did you run it through that and record it as like a, an actual like waveform? Um, so we, we ran, yeah, it was MIDI for the GGD and it oh, would like okay. play back automatically. And yeah. then, uh, except for the hi-hat, for mm -hmm. some reason, the GGD hi-hat sounded like garbage. Nice. Like it wasn't like <laughs> moving the right way. Yeah. So we, we just, uh, like put that one input directly. So that one was a waveform. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's but I weird. mean, you have, you have options. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. 
That's yeah. cool. So we would record the bass or guitar, then we'd record the drums and then do vocals over it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it'd be like, I recorded the bass, I didn't have the drums, so I'd play slower. Oh, and it'd like, yeah. So some of the songs on the album are like quite a bit slower than we actually play them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, we were just, I, I have this like um, project, I'm, I'm recording my like, all of my best friends and people that are in like my bands are also in this other band. And, uh, and I've been recording them and, uh, it's been super fun. I've been learning a lot, but we were just having this like really like, we had this really long discussion about the difference between like recording and trying to find, especially when you're recording to a metronome, mm-hmm. cause we've been like scratch tracking some things and trying to figure out like what the perfect tempo is. If you were like going to, you know, play it to a metronome and try to get it like lined up on the grid versus like playing things live and feeling it. Mm. Um, because we recorded, we recorded like six songs with all of the instrumentation live. So we did like guitars, bass, drums all at the same time. And it felt really good. But then going back on it, they're like, I don't know. I think we played it pretty fast. Uh, so it's always hard to find that, that happy, happy, uh, um, tempo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like, we keep going back and forth because we don't use a metronome when recording. Yeah. Um, but oh, like for, some, okay. for some songs we feel like maybe we should. Yeah. But for other ones, it's kind of nice to have like the free flowing. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, this other band I was in with actually the drummer of, of this band. Um, you guys may have heard of like Dirty Pillows. Yeah. They're like a local band. Um, so I used to play bass in that band. And when I recorded uh, an album with them, um, they didn't want to use a metronome and I'm, I'm like a big metronome guy oh, because yeah. like, I like, I like the, um, I like the freedom that a metronome gives you when you are like writing and editing, uh, in like a DAW. Mm, yeah. And, uh, and so I've done a few albums with this like engineer out in the Bay area named Ben Hirschfield and he does like everything to the metronome and it just, I feel like it opens up so much for me. Um, but they, they really wanted like the, um, the energy that, that we had live back then. And so we did guitar and drums, uh, live in like in the room in the press. And then I overdubbed the bass over that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a good experience. Yeah. Um, so on this next album, are you guys planning on, on doing that like non-metronome thing again? Like what, what's your, like your plan in your head right now? So for right now like we're still debating it like yeah for a couple of the songs we probably we definitely should because there's yeah. some like really complex like things happening between the bass and drums yeah uh but yeah we're probably just going to record live either guitar because sometimes we'll have like the guitar heavy songs or the bass yeah. lead yeah. uh so we'll, we'll do the guitar and drums at one time maybe scratch vocals and then mm-hmm. overdub cool yeah. yeah that was actually another thing i was going to ask you about um is you have you have songs that are like guitar songs and bass songs like and when i've seen you guys do like live stuff either like just watching videos or when we played with you guys you play like bass just bass and drums live yeah um on at least on the next album or or even on the last one when when you have things that are not just those two instruments live like what what's your plan as far as like overlaying things or like doing a different live performance do you guys consider like backing tracks or anything like that yet? Uh, we're kind of thinking about it mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah. We keep going back and forth because like our PA, we've had like one speaker. So if you have anything stereo, it just sounds garbage. Yeah. Yeah. So we're kind of going to invest in that. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
but yeah, I don't know. Cause we, we keep thinking about getting another guitar player or maybe a bass player. Yeah. Uh, that just, that just builds in the, yeah. the background. It's just easier that way. <laughs> oh yeah, for real. I'll, I'll always, I always say like sm smaller bands are easier when you're trying to practice, but bigger bands are easier when you're like being like crazy and creative with, uh, mm -hmm. with like songs and, and writing and stuff. Yeah. Definitely. It makes that scheduling practice a lot easier too. Yeah. And we just yell across the house because we're like, we're roommates yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So, so you guys are roommates. You uh, guys like yeah. just rent a place together in Stockton. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty good. And then we also work together. So we have the same schedule. Oh man. <laughs> <So> yeah. <laughs> that's just like, that's like the perfect band setup. No, yeah. It's like a gold, gold mine. But... Yeah. Yeah. When, when I was younger, we, uh, we rented like a house together, like us and like the the music people that um that i played with at least most of them we all lived in one house and mm -hmm. just easy just like go out to the garage and jam whenever you want yeah nice um so i was wondering like uh if you could tell me like a story about like one of your songs like a song that means a lot to you guys if you could like walk me through through us one of the songs any anyone like <laughs> I can't say I'm super familiar with like all the song names and stuff, but I, I have listened a little bit. Um, what should we talk about? I, <laughs> I was put you on the spot. I was thinking Rose or Dinah Blade, but Rose is like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess we could talk about Dinah Blade. Yeah. But do you want like a story of how it was written or like what it's all, about? All of it. I'm interested okay. about all of it. I mean, especially like meaning, you know, like I, I love to talk about the the technical aspect, but like mm -hmm. I think a lot of songwriting is also about meaning and like how you how you come up with the words and stuff like that and how what it does for you. Yeah. In that case, probably talk about Salem, honestly. Yeah. So when I was writing that one, I was like... Uh, it was it's kind of the, the more countryish one on the mm -hmm. album, and I was learning about country, or like early American country and stuff. And there's like so much weird stuff happened, like Graham Parsons, like yeah. how he died and stuff. And mm -hmm. I was like, it's a bunch of dark thoughts. And so I was like writing this country song, and it's like uh, kind of about a dude, and everybody thinks he killed his wife, mm -hmm. but he didn't kill his wife. And then the town kind of like comes at him, and he's like, all right, then, and he kills himself, and then he's like that's the story pretty much wow so i mean salem is that kind of like like a like witch trials type reference a little bit kind of referencing his cat salem yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. i'm way off on my reference but, but the vibe is kind of mm -hmm. it's kind of like witchy -ish. yeah so um that song in particular it seems like uh is more of like a story-based song it's not like yeah. it's not like an um anything that relates to like your own life what do you get out of like telling a story that might be semi-fictional i mean not everything is fully like fiction but like what do you get out of that um i don't know for that one i feel like at that time i had a lot of undue pressure on me from mm -hmm. like like family and stuff and yeah. it was just getting to me and i felt like i was getting blamed for a lot of stuff so yeah. it's kind of like See that? Blame thing. <laughs> that's that's what like that's what I love about talking about songwriting is like someone will be like, well, this song is about this completely different thing, <laughs> and they're, they're like, I don't really want to talk about my feelings, and you're like, well, what does it really mean? You yeah. know? Yeah. So I mean, since since you wrote that song and you've probably played it a lot mm -hmm. at this point, like, um, how do you feel about it now? Um, now I don't know. Like, I 
I feel more of the story than the emotions because I kind of like got past that now. Yeah. In a totally different place. Yeah. Do you, do you, did you work through it like separately or like did that song, like playing that song so much, did it like take away that, that like meaning or those feelings? I think it helped me process them a lot because I was playing yeah. it like a lot yeah. through there. And then we ended up doing like a rough recording with the E kit. And I was like, I think that's when I was like, okay, this is cool. Mm-hmm. The emotions are starting to go through. Nice, yeah. nice. And yeah, um, like I said, I'm not familiar with like song names on the albums. Is that on the last album or will it be on the next one? It was on the last one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, awesome. Salem Sanctuary. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, awesome. Do you have like um, like uh, favorite like favorite song you've ever written? Would that be would that fall under that, or is there like any other oh, other songs? So many. My favorite one that I've ever written is probably Dynablade. Mm-hmm. Just because it's it's like so much happening there's like three different movements yeah and it's just a lot but it's fun nice um what like what's the what's the meaning on that song as far as writing goes so that one was kind of like we kind of put two songs together like mm-hmm. we had like a riff from a song from a different band we did like before saga yeah um and i just put that to this weird thing i was writing mm-hmm. but that one's all about like also like death and stuff like the first movement is like uh, look upon my tombstone or welcome mm. to my tombstone like look at my body it's rotting <laughs> nice. uh, and then uh the second part's like kind of more about um i wrote that part like in high school so it's like feels like back in high school mm-hmm. um and it's kind of just about like losing motivation and stuff yeah so it's kind of like this quilt of a song like you've pieced together <laughs> these different things into these different movements but mm-hmm what like what makes that song cohesive to you like why did you say like oh this one should go with this one and the next one it's like i it was kind of weird because we had like the riff we call it the the fatty whale part because that's because dino blade's a boss from the old like kirby games Mm -hmm. and then fatty whale's another boss (laughs) so we originally had like two movements nice uh but so the dino blade movement the first one i kind of wrote as a standalone thing but it was only like 45 seconds Mm -hmm. and it ended on a note where the other one started yeah so i like instinctively like went into the fatty whale part Mm -hmm. and i was like oh this fits is it is it all in the same key or does it like change change keys at that point just like ending and starting on a different note yeah it's uh same key oh okay i'm pretty sure nice yeah that's tight um sometimes there's like happy accidents like that where you're like oh this song is the same as this one Mm -hmm. i've definitely had songs that i i like wrote a verse and i didn't know what to do about the chorus and then i realized it was like oh kind of similar to this other riff i was doing yeah yeah i know that happens quite a bit for us especially with the bass Mm -hmm. lead songs yeah because it's hard to write just like a whole bass song without just doing like yeah no i i actually really love that about you guys that you have like songs that are really basically because like i always consider my main instrument as bass even though like (laughs) even though when i like write uh write songs i'll sit down at the piano or the or the guitar to like sing it you know yeah but in my head and and just like for fun i'll like sit down and like write bass lines that kind of go nowhere and i'm always like i should really just like not worry about anything else and like sing over bass but Mm -hmm. i've always had trouble with singing and playing bass because i like to get a little too funky sometimes yeah no i'm a huge like paul mccartney fan yeah so i just like listen to hella wings and stuff (laughs) oh nice (laughs) because they got a lot of cool bass lines where he's like singing and playing yeah yeah he's nuts um 
Did you uh, did you guys watch Get Back? I'm oh, guessing. I yeah. did. Yeah. Like our our like music group chat, we were just like going going crazy when Get Back came out. Mm. Like especially like uh, you know that peek into the songwriting process, especially like seeing like Paul sit down and like not even have words, but like figure out a song accidentally. Like mm -hmm. there's so much that you can as a songwriter relate to there you're like like oh people can finally see like because i couldn't explain that to them that like sometimes just comes out of nowhere you mm -hmm. know yeah yeah i, I like that yeah. <laughs> I like that whole documentary is super cool yeah definitely so daniel like um you were saying that you learned drums specifically just to like for you guys to jam together was that one of those things where like you guys were just friends and he was like i need a drummer um, well, it's funny cause like he had a drummer mm -hmm. already and we were just like skating over at Valley Springs <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, honestly, I feel like you could play drums. And I was like, I mean, what else am I doing? Yeah. So then I just started playing drums and I started doing it through band. Uh, cause I figured that mm -hmm. was just the best outlet to learn it. And then, yeah. you know, I could practice all day if I wanted to. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's honestly about it. Like it just felt right. And then I just kept doing it and then I was like, oh, this really feels right. That's awesome. So like sidebar outside of music, because I know like a little bit about Valley Springs from growing up there, like, but I wasn't there as a teenager. Like, where do you skate in Valley Springs? Uh, you kind of just go up to like Valley Springs Elementary. Yeah. Know? There's like a road that goes up above it towards the, was it the Vets Field? Yeah. Just skate up there. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> in, like the gazebo area. Yeah, the gazebo. They used to throw shows up in the gazebo. <laughs> oh, nice. I remember going to like Little League um, picnics at the gazebo. Oh, yeah. Like in Valley Springs, it's like the gazebo. The gazebo. Yeah. yeah that's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, just like skate in the Marvel parking lot or something. Is it still Marvel up there? No, it's oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it that's is. nuts. They do have a grocery outlet now. Yeah, so they built one. But that's funny. Yeah, if you skate in the Marvel parking lot, people would just yeah. like get uh, citations all the time from the oh, cops. <laughs> They'd just be like scooting. Yeah. Um. Do you guys still have family that lives in Valley Springs, or did your family move to Stockton too? I have quite a bit of family in Valley Springs, oh, like cousins okay. and like yeah. my grandma and stuff. They all live out there. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Same. My sister lives there. Yeah. Yeah. We used to play at a uh, pizza factory before <laughs> the like, Yeah. Dang. Yeah. It's like a miniature little stage in there, but mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting. Interesting place. Valley Springs. It, it really is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you don't, if you know, you know, and if you don't, you don't. Yeah. If yeah. you don't, don't it, it's Sometimes better to don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so like you, you, your background was, um, like the, the trigger for you was definitely kind of like the friendship and like him just being like, you should play drums, but like, what like what is your musical history like why did you like what was the spark that made you like pick up an instrument and think like i should write a song it, yeah it was kind of it was like gradual because mm -hmm. uh, my sister was always like into guitar and she listened to like green day and stuff and i was like that's cool she's like 10 years older than me yeah so, so i was like three or four and there was a piano in our house when we weren't supposed to play it mm -hmm. and she would like secretly teach me little things oh and i was like oh, this is cool. <laughs> And then I think I got like a first act acoustic guitar one year and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool, but I never like took it seriously. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, of course I was in like concert band and stuff playing clarinet. Yeah. And, uh, then in middle school I had a friend and he was like, oh, I need a bassist. And I didn't even know really what like bass was. I was just like, oh, that weird extra long guitar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the he, long boy. <laughs> the long boy. Yeah. <laughs> and he brought me over and like taught me how to play some stuff. And then we were doing like, 
uh, Van Halen covers and stuff at his parents' yeah. like Christmas party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at the eighth grade dance, we did some stuff. That's super funny. Yeah, so that kind of got me into it. And then I was like, I don't like playing uh, classic rock. I just want to like, I started getting into like alt rock and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I started another band and we played the eighth grade dance. <laughs> That's that's cool. Did you go to uh, Toyon for? Yeah, it was at Toyon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Sorry, I keep bringing it back. Like, I'm like, oh, someone knows references no. to, to an area. That's yeah, in cool. the Toyon gym. Yeah, and we didn't have a singer because none of us could sing. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, instrumental, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's cool, though. That's cool. That interesting. And so you said you consider yourself more of a of a bass player. Yeah. Like, um how does that translate to like writing guitar stuff? Like what, what, what I should say, what inspires not writing on bass and switching over to, to guitar? Um, I don't know. Like there's like, I know like five chords pretty much. <laughs> and so I kind of have been bouncing between those. And yeah. then I'll also play like these weird jazzy mm-hmm. chords. Like I don't know too much theory about guitar or yeah. like chords and stuff. Um, but I listen to like a lot of Chon and stuff. So I'll just do like, funky little things and i'm like oh that sounds cool nice yeah i i'll, I'll admit i don't know chan so i will have to look that up <laughs> like what is it like math rock yeah it's, it's, it's it sounds instrumental it mostly. sounds like a math, math <laughs> band name mm-hmm. that's awesome so like yeah. on kind of on that note like what are you guys like you said paul mccartney is a big like inspiration for you but like what are some of your inspirations both like individually and like for the band when you guys go like this is this is what we want to do. Yeah. Um, huh. Well, like a lot of it, I used to listen to like Joyce Manor mm-hmm. or like Modern Baseball. Yeah. And I feel like we we both listen to those a lot. Yeah. And Pup as well. Yeah. Pup. Yeah. Like Sean. Nice. Um, and then. Yeah. And a lot. <laughs> I, I get more into like, like on my own, I get more into like the mathy stuff, like, mm-hmm. uh, like dance cabin dance and stuff. And I'm into a lot of like emo stuff, like Modern Baseball, um, Foxing, Origami Angel. I like just that. saw foxing. Really? Yeah, I'm I'm wearing the shirt. I now. thought so, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, I saw them in Manchester uh, the night before last. It was it was awesome. They're really good. Yeah, cool. So, um, and like, do those bands like influence you as a drummer? Do you try to do like more technical stuff, like like their drummers might I think, do? I think I try and do more technical stuff, but like on the bass level, I feel like. I'm more influenced by like Joyce Manor and stuff okay. by just slamming on the hi hat and snare, you know. Yeah, just like get a good groove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like that stuff is really fun and it like is really cool to listen to, but I feel like it doesn't inspire me on that level. Yeah, I actually hate using the word technical for like more like more hits in uh, mm. per per measure, you know, because like I think that like someone playing like a solid groove, even if it's just like a four on the floor or just like a standard like rock beat, but doing it well is like just as technical or like talent require it requires just the same amount of talent as like some some band like Gap, uh dance gavin dance or like a um a math band that does have like more like you know filigreed in what they're doing mm-hmm. I, I agree honestly wholeheartedly yeah yeah right it's like um i i'm not gonna name names but i did and it's not a local band it was a touring band uh i saw um I went to the show, it had a few different bands, and um, and like the first band's drummer was super good, and a lot of it was like just regular drumbeat stuff, there was something so solid about it, and and then there were some songs where he kind of went off and did a lot more, you know, Philly stuff, 
and then the the band after them that was like a bigger band and more well known like the whole band was really good but the drummer was just like it was like i i was talking to my friend afterwards and we were like that drummer was like really bad right like is that the is that the original drummer like was that guy like maybe drunk or, or something like there was something on the technical songs it was like off and then on the like the regular just like four on the floor whatever type beats it just wasn't solid and like I, I don't I don't like talking bad about other bands but there's there's so much to say about someone who can just do a simple beat and just like play it so well and with like so much emotion I just felt like it was lacking in that performance I don't know that happens all the time honestly and like um like my uh, my Instagram feed is like almost entirely drums, which kind of <laughs> nice. sucks because like I can't send memes. Yeah, um, but like, dude, send me drum stuff. Oh, for sure. I, I uh, send drum stuff to my friends all the time, and they're like, but yeah. Uh, someone said something. I think it was in a podcast I was listening to where they were like, sometimes like the drummer skill isn't as influential as like the rest of the band's music, and so you know you can be a bad drummer and have a great band. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that that's that like sums up perfectly what I felt about this band. Cause I'd, I'd only listen to their recordings and like when you're recording, um, with like a, like a, a big budget and like a, a professional engineer and, and all of that stuff, like they're going to make the drums sound good no matter what, you know, especially, especially like you go into like a big studio, like this band does their engineer is going to align those drums like perfectly and like make everything sound good. And, sometimes that won't translate to the the live show. And so sometimes seeing like a band live will, is really telling, especially, especially for like, I think for drums and bass, because they're, they're such like, um, to me, it's such a like supporting element in a band. Um, and as, as a bassist, when I see like a bassist live and I, and I, and it's like, boring or like i see the bassist and i'm like that's a guitarist that they they couldn't find a bassist and they had a guitarist play like no offense to guitarists because like they can do some amazing stuff but i just get so bummed i'm like man i really wanted to like feel that the bassist and i didn't you know i do you get that way too with like bass or like critiquing bassists yeah pretty much the same i'm like just jazz it up a little man yeah who's your favorite bassist oh no Besides Paul McCartney, oh. <laughs> you're about to say, say it. it. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. You can't. You can say that. Yeah, probably Paul McCartney. I don't. I don't get. I don't like know too many names about. Yeah. People. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like like bassists that get famous are not the bassists that I that I like. Yeah, like Flea. Like Flea. Like I yeah. love Flea. It's good stuff, but it's not like my thing. You know? Yeah. The thing about Flea is like some of his songs are super good, mm. but some of them are too like slap bassy for me, and yeah, that no, gets like exactly. too much. Like I like his grooves, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, and sometimes like, I don't even know the name of the bassist. I just like, like, um, you, you guys listen to saves the day. Nah. Um, you should listen, you should check them out. Um, they're, uh, one of their earlier albums that I'm super into, it's called stay, uh, stay what you are. Um, the bass lines on it are incredible. They're yeah. so good. Nice. Yeah. And the, the recording too, is just like the tones that I love. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I do like the the basis for Muse. Like, I don't know his oh, name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I like his stuff because I, I used to listen to, like, so much Muse. Yeah, Muse has <laughs> some, like, super good bass lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, do you know who some of your, like, favorite drummers are? Yeah, so I uh, 
I started like playing inspired by uh, the Rev from Avenged Sevenfold because mm-hmm. I was just so into them back then. Nice. Um, but then like further along, I was really into Matt from Dance Gavin Dance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm not sure who their name is, but the drummer for Joyce Manor, like in their early stuff, like Never Hung Over Again was just so influential to me. Yeah. Um, there's honestly a ton, like like different aspects. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Matt Garska from Animals as Leaders was a big one. Uh, just because I'd never heard playing like that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Honestly, there's like probably a giant list that I can't name of people yeah, who yeah, just like played sure. stuff on a record that I heard and I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think like it's, uh, you don't have to like know people's names, but sometimes I'm just like, yeah, that album was awesome. Like that, that person playing on that album must have been super good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or seeing them live is always, always a different thing, like we were saying. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So like what, uh, like what's, you guys are going to record the album, but like what is, what's like the on the horizon for you guys other than recording album like what what are some like dreams or goals you guys want to do with amazon crimes uh we kind of want to do a tour like next year Mm -hmm. probably next summer and just go up to like tacoma nice and then back and just play a couple because we know some people in portland (laughs) like not quite to seattle yeah not not quite (laughs) but yeah yeah but other than that yeah we have this album and then we actually have like four more planned after Four more albums? Yeah. Do you already have them written or just like uh, concepts? Kind of like half and half. Like some songs we know are going to go on them. And then, yeah, we have some concepts for other yeah. ones. And then we have, we have another one planned after that that's like all space themed and stuff. That has that's a lot awesome. Of songs. I, I love that like uh, that depth of like dreaming or like uh, <laughs> planning really, you know, just knowing, knowing that you guys want to do that many albums and knowing like concepts and what songs would go to them. Yeah. Um, so like with that, do you, do you write like a lot of songs? Do you have like a bank? Kind kind of, it's like five notebooks, mm-hmm. just like half filled. And yeah. then like my notes on my phone and my voice memos. Mm-hmm. Plus like all the, in my DAW, I have like a bunch of, yeah. of stuff in there. Um, but yeah, there's like half of an electronic song or there's mm-hmm. like, yeah, like a seed. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I can start, uh, but I do just write like a lot of songs like yeah i wrote like three last week and I nice was like, man i envy that i get like <laughs> i get like one song out every like three months maybe yeah. maybe i'll have a burst of like like i can't stop writing and i'm mm-hmm. like i have to stop because i can't like flesh yeah. all these out when you write that often like the three songs you wrote last week is it like is it music and lyrics or is it music no lyrics just lyrics what what's the makeup so this week was like all guitar and mm-hmm. vocals pretty much nice that's why i'll probably end up like one of them was kind of just for therapy kind of yeah like, just like playing it getting yeah. the emotions out i wrote it down and i was like probably not gonna do anything with this one mm-hmm. and i feel like the other one we'll probably use for something and then the other one is kind of also used for something I don't yeah know. <laughs> yeah so just need to figure out which album it'll go to yeah no for yeah. real but but yeah i'll have a burst where, I, where i'm writing can't stop writing and i have like three or four months where it's like writer's block yeah yeah I feel like I have this like perpetual writer's block and then like I'll get one out and I'm like, oh, finally. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I get those bursts too. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the burst, I don't know. I'll, I'll write like four or five similar sounding songs. Yeah. And then like a lot of like our guitar, guitar songs, I feel like are kind of starting to sound like the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm just using those same chords, just yeah. moving the capo up. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. So. Or same progression or something. Yeah. yeah. So... I, I kind of want to take a break from that move towards, I need to move towards more bass stuff again. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, and like when you're sitting down to like write on the bass, are you are you like Paul McCartneying it? Like you just like start playing <laughs> bass and singing over it? Pretty much. I try to find like a, a good riff, like a mm -hmm. catchy riff that we could use for like the intro riff, and then I'll like feel out what kind of chords I want. Do I just want like single notes or like an actual chord on the bass? Or... Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'll, I'll start like humming out the lyrics and stuff. Nice. That's cool. And like, do you ever do you ever like help edit lyrics or give them feedback on lyrics? <laughs> um very rarely but yeah 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 we did a song recently called big cheddar mm -hmm. and nice. um and we, we just recorded it like for our instagram or whatever um mm -hmm. it's gonna go on the next album but uh like there's this part where like noah's yelling something and he like wasn't sure what's yelling i was like give me the notebook real quick and that's i just like, <laughs> wrote a bunch of random nonsense nice that's awesome yeah i feel like um sometimes lyrics can be so like sacred to like songwriters and like musicians that sometimes they're not like willing to be like uh they're like no no i can only sing something that i wrote you know what i mean it's not even yeah. about like getting feedback it's about like i can only sing a song that i wrote i've definitely like played with people like that but i also feel like um i play with a lot of people that are very like open-minded and will take like feedback on lyrics and stuff so yeah. i think it's it's a sign of like a lasting relationship too for for you if you're if you're willing to like take notes or like <laughs> let him write things too you know yeah it was like hard at first no, like, so you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I like I like to like do everything and have it be like mine. And so when we yeah. started the band, I was like, I had to relinquish yeah. some of it. And that's kind of why we don't have another person because it's like, it's yeah. already so hard to build this relationship. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There, there's a lot of, uh, I always say, and I think this moves us into like an interesting, interesting topic um, before we like move on to the next thing. But I would say that being in a band is like the closest thing to a romantic relationship than any other type, like more than a friendship, you know, mm -hmm. um, because you really have to like be able to communicate with someone and like understand the other person's boundaries. Like if you are like uncomfortable with like taking taking notes on lyrics at some point in your in you guys' relationship, like you have to be okay with that, you know, mm -hmm. and then vice yeah. versa. You got to like learn if he's trying to give you notes, you got to like you know, learn how to take it, you know? Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, like, uh, being in a, in a relationship that close with like one other person is hard. Just like, imagine if you had like four people in the band, exactly. you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. And then also you get like strong personalities. Like I've definitely been in a band where I was the strong personality and like someone else quit the band because of me oh, no. or, or maybe I quit the band because of me, you know? Yeah. That happened to like our first band. I was like, I don't know. I was being kind of a diva. I was like, I'm just going to go now. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it shows growth that you could admit it though. Like uh -huh. that's one of the things in my life that I try, I'm trying, I try to be like, you know, um, in a lot of situations where like bands break up or people break up, like no one is right and no one is wrong. Mm. And, uh, like recognizing your own faults is like important to, for like growth and like future happiness. Mm. Yeah it's also really good that we have that communication because there's like oftentimes because we you know we don't track to a metronome or something where it's kind of up for interpretation as to what like the speed is going to be and often i'm like oh man i totally like went way too fast on that part my bad and we like talk it out and it's like okay here's like uh like during dyna blade during the fatty whale part there's mm -hmm. oftentimes where i'll slow down a little bit on that main beat and then it like throws everything off and it's like no i really got to stay on that but we can like talk that out and yeah get it sorted yeah, I, I also think that, like, when a relationship has, like, been developed as long as, like, it seems you guys have, 
especially when you're playing live, that type of communication almost becomes like nonverbal where like when you guys, when you're like synced with another member of your band, like you know when they're going to change tempo or speed or, or change things up. And I think that's like one of the magical things about band relationships is when you guys have like this metaphysical connection, mm -hmm. you know, you guys feel like you have that. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. All right. Well, um, do you guys want to like pause the, the discussion portion and maybe like do one or two songs live Yeah. for the end of the for podcast? Sure. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. Well, we're going to pause and then we'll be back. We're Amazon Crimes, and this song's called Pockets. Sometimes I find myself falling into many pockets, and I just can't quite get a good grip on the line. And I fall. Sometimes I try to.
Goodbye.